Book of Mormon Prophecy, a podcast series by Avraham Gileadi, Ph.D. 24. Greater Things and Lesser Things Do Latter-day Saints realize the Book of Mormon contains mostly lesser things than God wants to give us? What must we do to qualify for greater things? Welcome to podcast number 24, Greater Things and Lesser Things. We're going to start with 3 Nephi 26, verses 6 through 11, where Mormon is speaking. Less than a hundredth part is written. He says, There cannot be written in this book, that is, in the Book of Mormon that we have currently, small plates of Nephi, even a hundredth part of the things which Jesus did truly teach unto the people, that behold, the plates of Nephi do contain the more part of the things which he taught the people. And that plates of Nephi being the large plates of Nephi, not the small plates. And these things, that is, on the small plates, currently the Book of Mormon, have I written which are a lesser part of the things which he taught the people. And I have written them to the intent that they may be brought again unto this people from the Gentiles, according to the words which Jesus hath spoken. Now Jesus expounded all things great and small, as we read in verse 1, though much more than is written in the current Book of Mormon. But what is in the Book of Mormon is to be brought unto this people, that is, the Nephites, well, the Lamanites of today, who are compound of the Nephites and Lamanites, from the Gentile, that is, from us, Ephraimite lineages that have come through the Gentile lineages. As descendants of Joseph, who was the birthright son, who was a savior of his brethren, that is our role, as we've discussed in previous podcasts. Then we go on to continue in the next few verses, verses 6 through 11. Same verses. And when they shall have received this, so when we have received this current Book of Mormon, which is expedient that they should have first to try their faith, and if it so be that they shall believe these things, then shall the greater things be made manifest unto them. So there we have an order in which things are revealed to us, Latter-day Saints. Current Book of Mormon first, which we take to the House of Israel, at least we should be attempting to do so, right? And then the greater things that are on the large base of Nephi and also, no doubt, on the steel portion of the Book of Mormon. And of course, the things we currently have in the Book of Mormon are the writings of Isaiah, or many of them, a third of them. So they are included in our faith being tried, so to speak, whether we believe them. And it says, And if so be that they will not believe these things, then shall the greater things be withheld from them unto their condemnation. Now, reading is one thing, of course, but believing is quite another. We read the Book of Mormon, we read the prophecies of Isaiah that are in them, we read the explanations about the prophecies of Isaiah from Book of Mormon prophets, but do we believe them? Do we really believe them in our inmost being? So much so that we are acting upon them, we assimilate them, and we have a desire to fulfill what these things are saying and to serve the house of Israel and to restore them to their rightful inheritance. Are we thinking about these things at all? Are we just content to, to live our own lives as, as Latter-day Saints or rather saint wannabes? If we're not sanctified, then we're not really saints, are we? We're just half in the world and half in the scriptures and we're kind of hypocritical about our lives. Are these things still being withheld from us through our condemnation? Well, so far, yes. Why haven't we received the other things, the greater things? 
He says, Behold, I was about to write them, all which were engraven upon the, the plates of Nephi, on the large plates. But the Lord forbade it, saying, I will try the faith of my people. My people is Latter-day Saints. Today, we are his covenant people. He's going to try our faith. And so far, we haven't been doing very well, have we? Otherwise, we would have had those things. And then we go on to 3 Nephi 26, verse 3, where Jesus expounds all things from the beginning to the end. Is they need to expound all things even from the beginning until the time that he should come in his glory, even all things which should come upon the face of the earth, even until the elements should melt with fervent heat and the earth should be wrapped together as a scroll and the heavens and the earth should pass away. Because that is at the end of the millennium. So he explained all of that to them from the beginning of the foundation of the earth all the way through to the end of the millennium when the earth will be celestialized. Now let's take a look at other scriptures and let's speak of these great things. In Ether chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 and verse 8, Moroni is talking about this. Great things manifest to the brother of Jared. He says, I've written upon these plates, again, the small plates of the Book of Mormon, the very things which the brother of Jared saw, and there never were greater things made manifest than those which were made manifest unto the brother of Jared. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me to write them, and I have written them, and he commanded me that I should seal them up, namely the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. In verse 8 he goes on to say, And he that will contend against the word of the Lord, let him be accursed. And he that shall deny these things, let him be accursed. For unto them will I show no greater things, saith Jesus Christ, for I am he who speaketh it. That's quite a declaration, and that's a warning, it's a great warning. Because we know there will always be opposition from the devil, all his cronies, against the works of the Lord. But, you know, he's speaking really about us, Latter-day Saints, who receive these things, receive the first part of them. When the next part comes forth, at least because of the belief in them, because some of us are believing them, and some of us are assimilating them into our lives, and seeking to restore the house of Israel, some of us are doing that, and they will receive, no doubt, these greater things in the Lord's own due time. But when they do come forth, he's warning us that there will be those who contend against the word of the Lord that will then come forth, and they're going to be accursed. And of course means that they'll be cut off from God's presence, read that destruction that we spoke about in previous podcasts, and that will deny these things. Even them shall be accursed. Deny the current Book of Mormon, or deny the things coming forth. For unto them will I show no greater things. Well, first of all, they won't even consider reading, just like many people don't even consider reading the Book of Mormon. And Jesus is putting his signature on this. Seth, Jesus Christ, for I am he who speaketh. So, watch out. Some among us are going to be providing this very opposition to the Lord's work that he's predicting here. Next we go to Ether 4, verses 13 and 14 where the Gentiles are really invited to be like the brother Jared and to receive the same revelations and visions the brother Jared saw. Which is pretty fantastic, don't you think? Because the brother Jared saw the end from the beginning. The Gentiles are invited to see greater things. Come unto me, O you Gentiles, and I will show unto you the greater things, the knowledge of which is hid up because of unbelief. Come unto me, O you house of Israel, and it shall be made manifest unto you how great things the Father hath laid up for you 
from the foundation of the world, and it hath not come unto you because of unbelief. So this is quite an indictment of us, but at the same time he's saying, look, get your act together and you can see what the brother of Jared saw. Read that whole account in Ether 4. We must become purified and sanctified and repent and become like unto the brother of Jared. Then we'll see the things the brother of Jared saw. How about that? That's pretty amazing. Next we're going to go to 84, B and C, verses 54 through 58, because they kind of are showing why we haven't received these things yet. See, as your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief, because you have treated lightly the things you have received, Book of Mormon, for one, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation, and this condemnation rested upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant, even the Book of Mormon, and the former commandments which I have given them, not only to say, but to do according to that which is, I have written that they may bring forth fruit meet for their father's kingdom, otherwise there remaineth a scourge and judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. That's us, not anybody else. And so there's a judgment waiting if we don't get our acts together. Of course, Isaiah, in chapter 28, which is addressed to Ephraim, says that very thing. He talks about the scourge and judgment that's coming upon us, at least upon the majority of us. And hopefully some of us will get our act together and believe these things and act upon them, as I mentioned. Next we go to 1 Nephi 14, verses 25 and 26. He said, The things which thou shalt see hereafter thou shalt not write, for the Lord God hath ordained the apostle of the Lamb of God that he should write them. Speaking about Nephi's vision of the end from the beginning. So we get to a certain point, and then the Lord says, Okay, John the Revelator will fill out the details of the rest of it. And of course, that's in the book of Revelation. And also others who have been, to them hath he shown all things. This word all things means from the beginning of the world to the ending thereof. And they have written them, they are sealed to come forth in their purity according to the truth which is in the Lamb, in the own due time of the Lord, unto the house of Israel. In their purity, according to the truth, signifying that they'll probably come out in a time of many untruths or many lies, and then they'll shock people because it'll be so contrary to what they are believing and doing at the time. And it'll be a real test for people, including Latter-day Saints, because they'll be so different from what we've been used to. Because so many of us are inundated with precepts of men and we've had this kind of stereotypical religion that we've adopted as our own. It goes under the name of the fullness of the gospel when basically they're just basic principles of the gospel. And we have not searched the book of Isaiah or delved into other things that could teach us that are greater things so that when these great things come forth, they won't resonate with us because we'll not have prepared ourselves properly for them. And the own due time of the Lord, of course, is the time immediately before his second coming. And then we go back to Jesus Commendation about Isaiah 35, 23, verse 1. He commands the people to search the words of Isaiah. They really are key. He says, I say unto you that you ought to search these things. Commandment I give unto you that you search these things diligently, for great are the words of Isaiah. The words of Isaiah, too, are part of the greater things that we have currently. And it's a real effort to search them and to learn them 
But if we do, as I said, those things that are going to come forth will be, seem very familiar to us. But if we don't do those things and don't get a handle on Isaiah, they'll seem really strange that we will end up likely questioning them and fighting them and being on the other side. And that's part of the picture, that's part of the pattern that is going to develop. Let me go to Isaiah for several scriptures. Isaiah 42, 9, he says, The prophecies of the former events indeed came to pass. That's in Isaiah's day. But new things are yet foretell. Before they spring up, I declare them unto you. Before they spring up, he declares them. If you read the book of Isaiah as an allegory of the end time, then he has foretold them. And he's telling them to us before they spring up in our day. Then we go to Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. New things will happen to God's people. He says, never mind the prophecies of bygone events. Do not dwell on things of the past. Yeah, we know all those things happen in Isaiah's day and Book of Mormon times. He says, see, I do a new thing. It is now springing up. Surely you are aware of it. And of course, these new things that Isaiah speaks about are going to be a test for God's people. Do they resonate with what we have learned before? Or do they resonate with things we have searched out for ourselves? And when we gain these deeper truths, do they resonate with those things? That's a great question. Then we go to Isaiah 48, 6 through 8. Jehovah announces new things to his people again. As of now, I announce to you new things, things withheld and unknown to you, things now coming into being not hitherto, things you have not heard of before, lest you should say, Indeed, I knew them. You have not heard them, nor have you known them. Before this, your ears have not been opened to them. So, of course, we can think of those sealed records to come forth in their purity and truth. They certainly could be among these new things that we have not heard of before. But it will certainly resonate with them if we have learned the prophecies of Isaiah. will certainly resonate with them because they will all follow the patterns of greater things, the patterns of the past that deal with greater things. Isaiah's patterns, one. If we go to Isaiah 48, 14 through 15, Jehovah's servant prophesies new things. Because these things are quoted in the Book of Mormon by Nephi. All of you assemble and hear who among you foretold these things. It is him Jehovah loves who shall perform his will in Babylon. His arm shall be against the Chaldeans. We've read the scripture before in a different context, but it shows here that the Lord's end time servant, his arm, who is to be revealed, He's the one who prophesies, and his prophecies come to pass. That will be one thing that identifies him. He will prophesy, the prophecies come to pass. And the Lord says, I myself have spoken it, and also called him. I have brought him, and I will prosper him. So three things. The Lord loves him. He's a beloved disciple, like John. The Lord has called him, brought him, and prospered him. No matter what anybody tries to do to prevent him, which many will, the Lord is going to prosper him. And lastly, we go to Isaiah 52, verses 13 through 15, also quoted by Jesus in the Book of Mormon, 3 Nephi. My servant being astute, God's end-time servant, shall be highly exalted. He shall become exceedingly eminent. Just as he appalled many, his appearance was marred beyond human likeness, his semblance unlike that of men. So shall he yet astound many nations, kings shutting their mouths at him, for what was not told them they shall see, what they had not heard they shall consider. 
I assume that those new things will be things, perhaps explanations out of the book of Isaiah that teach them their roles, their end-time roles as spiritual kings and queens of the Gentiles who restore the house of Israel, but also probably armed and supplied, provided with scriptures, uh, the sealed scriptures that are yet to come forth. That will equip them, and it will happen all at the time that the servant comes forth. In summary, God is withholding many sacred scriptures or greater things, greater truths, until his people qualify to receive them by repenting of worldliness and believing what they have received thus far. The time frame is the time preceding Jesus' second coming, when all things will be made known, that is, to his elect and to the house of Israel. And moving forward, are our hearts set upon searching out and receiving greater things? That's really the question here. And that will decide whether we're going to receive them or not. Next time, why was the coming of the Lord's end-time servant hidden until the end? That's in the book of Isaiah and in the Book of Mormon, recommended reading or listening, Windows on the Prophecy of Isaiah. It's an amazing book with many, many insights into Isaiah. It'll really equip you to become familiar with the greater things that are in the Book of Isaiah. Thank you very much for listening. Hope to see you next time. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Join us next time when we learn the mission of God's servant. Why is God's end-time servant hidden until the time of Jesus' second coming to reign on the earth? Was that a reason Nephi was forbidden to say anything about it?